Welcome to Know Your Risk Radio on 97.3 Cairo FM and AM 770 KTTH. Know Your Risk Radio is hosted by Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. Whether it's preservation of capital or an aggressive growth strategy, every investor needs a clearly defined risk profile. Know Your Risk Radio is brought to you by Bulwark Capital, helping families navigate the ever-changing and often volatile markets. Know Your Risk Radio starts now. Here's your host, Zach Abraham. And we are back. All right. Thank you for joining us once again for another hour, or excuse me, another of the most scintillating hours in finance radio. Tongue firmly in cheek. If you haven't heard the show before, <laughs> wait, wait until we get into it, okay? Don't judge us by the tagline. It's as much of a joke as anything else. I actually came up with that um, when we were driving in the car with the kids. And uh, it just so happened to be when the show was on. And I'm sure you can all relate to this. You know, like you want to impress your kids. My kids are 11, 9, and 7. And uh, you want to impress them, you know. It's why uh, I'm fortunate enough to get to play in, in, the, uh, in the Waste Management Golf Tournament this year. Uh, just one day. On Wednesday, it's, it's, we tee it up with the pros. Last time we played with Xander Shoffley and, and Ryan Armour. Um, kind of get, you get a lottery and anyway, I'm, I'm going to have the kids come down cause I, uh, cause I want them to see me walking around with pro golfers, right? Like I want, you want to build your, you know, as a dad, you want your, your, your kids to think that you're, uh, you know, that, that you're cool. So anyway, we're, we're driving along in the car and the radio shows on. I'm like, Hey guys, I know this awesome radio show that's on. And, uh, I turn it to the channel and the kids are like, oh, no, dad. And we start laughing. We change it. But we're, my wife and I are sitting there joking. And I think my wife is like, yes, it's like the most. I think she's the one that came up with it. It's the most scintillating hour or something like that. And I was like, that's too funny. Anyway, I got off. I got off. I got off course there. Um, and it's kind of a day of off course. I came into today going, okay, man, I'm running hot. I'm feeling it. Um, just because of all the stuff that's going on. It's exciting. These are periods of times they're, they're, they're torturous, but, um, the secretly deep down inside, I think I love them, you know, it's just because it's the battles being fought in markets. And, uh, I know it can be nauseating for, for investors and it can be nauseating for me too. You know, um, I'll give you an example. We're just, I, I was talking in, in the three minute warm up, and I've told this b- before. We have one station up here in Seattle that we started the show on six years ago. The way the timing works out is we do the first three minutes with them and then bring it on to the rest of the shows. It's the mystery of radio. I don't know why it works out that way, but it does. Anyway, I, I was kind of giving them a premise, a, a little, you know, uh, uh, summary of what we were going to discuss today. And I just started running off with it. Um, couldn't help myself. Uh, and, and we'll get into the market update, but I, I leading into the market update, I think it's really important for, um, investors in general. And then a lot of our clients listen to the show. So this is me speaking to you guys again. Um, our clients know that at the end of October, I sent out a letter entitled by dirt. And I usually send out at least one quarterly update, you know, um, telling us how we did in the quarter. And then when I see things happening in the market that I think require extra communication or explaining, explaining, or if we reposition the portfolio substantially, I, I always want to send out a letter and explain my thinking to the clients. Um, you know, cause the way we, everybody says this, and I'm not saying they say it disingenuously, but when we say that our clients are our partners, it couldn't be more true. Our fates are interlinked, right? My income, my ability to feed my family is tied directly to the performance of their accounts. Without the clients, we don't have a business. We don't have a firm. Um, and that's something that I keep in mind every single day that I wake up. Um, and it's one of the reasons we're as passionate about what we do as we are. We just, we, you know, there's, there's a lot of weight and there should be, you know, if you don't feel that pit in your stomach and you don't feel that, that weight on your shoulders, you got to be able to operate through it. But if you don't feel it, you probably shouldn't be doing this job. Um, a lot of hopes and dreams, you know, and, and they're not solely up to you, but you know, you're a steward of the vehicle that's going to, that's going to pay for those hopes and dreams. So, um, you know, I want the clients to understand why we're doing what we're doing and what I told them. And I've mentioned this on the show before, but what I told them is I said, buckle up, it's going to be a wild ride. And the reason why I said it was going to be a wild ride. First thing was we were going overweight. No, not crazy. Um, so energy makes up about a 15% position in our client's portfolio. Now that's really big considering the market's 
you know, market weight in the S and P 500 is like two and a half percent. Um, why are we doing that? Is it because we're gamblers? No, it's, I, I've, I don't, I have, ne- I personally have never seen such compelling valuations, um, and cash flow in my career. And I've mentioned this many times. However, this isn't the first commodity. And I believe that we're very much in a, in a, uh, commodity bull, bull market. Uh, there will be bull market corrections. I think that's what we just had, uh, at the end of last year. Um, and that's very typical. Unfortunately, it's why a lot of people get washed out 25 to 35% corrections in a commodity bull market guys. That's just run of the mill. It's run of the mill. It's the price you pay. Now we hedged our positions on that downturn and blocked out about the bottom half of that drop. So we kind of took the first half on the chin and then we hedged out um, to lessen the blow. And then we actually took the profits from those hedges because as the oil went, you know, our oil stocks were going down, but our hedges were going up at the same time. So we actually took some profits off those hedges, sold them very close to the lows. Praise God. We, we, we got, timed that one correctly. Um, and then we used the profits on those hedges to kind of add to our favorite energy positions, you know, just to buy a little bit more on the dip. Risk management, right? Um, it's We're not trying to time it. We're saying, hey, if the market drops here, this will protect us. It'll also provide us a little more dough to put in our favorite place. Um, but, you know, it was tough for me because at the end of October, our value portfolio was up 40%. And at that time, we had about, we outperformed the S&P by about, we were outperforming the S&P, I want to say about really like 18 to 20% on the year. And we wrestled with that because I thought I sat there and I thought, you know, it would not surprise me at all if despite the fact that the fundamentals in the things that we own are getting better and better, it wouldn't surprise me at all in this market if tech had another rally to end the year and that stalled out all these inflationary things. Maybe what we should do is pull way back on this stuff and just put the majority of the portfolio in the S&P 500 and what you do when you do that is you sens- you essentially memorialize that outperformance right because from that period of time S&P was up about 20 at that point we were up 40 at that period of time the S&P rallied like another 6.5% into the end of the year well had i transitioned our portfolio to the S&P 500 and and what happened happened rather than being up 40% we had to finish the year up like 47 48 Um, and I remember having this conversation with Marcos who runs our algorithmic portfolio and the reason we now in retrospect, do I wish, well, yes, because now I know exactly how it played out so we could make money on it. But the reason we didn't end up doing that is because of the valuations in in the stuff that we own a, it's a value portfolio, but, and, and, and I had to remind my, is a money manager when you beat the S and P 500 by 20% in a year, that's a big deal. Beating it by 3% is a big deal. Um, you know, value still outperformed by four last year or something like that. Four, three and a half, four. Um, that's good. Net of fees, right? That's, 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 that's good performance. Beating it by 20% in a year. Um, there's guys that have done a lot better. I've, ha- I've outperformed better than that in a year before, but that's a big deal, right? That's a big win. Um, the reason we didn't is because the valuations were too compelling. And this is what I was telling clients is, you know, we're managing risk. And so typically our portfolios have a significantly less volatility than the overall market. They have not over the last three and a half months. They've been as volatile, if not a little more volatile. And I warned them. I said, we're going to. And the reason why is because you can't time it when valuations are this good. Like I was explaining to the, the people on, on KTTH up here in the first three minute intro. When valuations are this good, you could be one geopolitical headline away from oil literally going up to 120, 130, and it could do it in in a matter of days. You could see overnight oil stocks or energy stocks rallying 30%. And so what I'm sitting there looking at it and going, is it more important that I do the thing that will most likely yield me the greatest level of outperformance over the next two months? Or is it more important that I stay in the thing that I firmly believe will pay us the most over the next three to five years, right? And certainly over the next 12 to 16, in my opinion. And that's why we stuck with it. Um, and we're being rewarded at this point because the value portfolio is now up about uh, two and a half, three percent on the year. Market is down about three or four. So we're grabbing back that outperformance 
as as the as the world is waking up to the fact that Omicron is nearly as big a deal. Now, it's still look, I'm not saying there aren't high infection rates. I'm saying that, you know, the deadly nature of it. And and like we said, when Omicron was first announced, there's going to be some scary headlines because it's so infectious, but it's not nearly as damaging. So there's a silver lining there. It's kind of like a forced vaccine. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'm not for forcing vaccines, so don't don't email me angrily. Um, but anyway, I, you know, so so the world is waking up to the fact that you're not going to get another lockdown. Biden even said you're not going to get another lockdown. So what are you going to get? Economies continue to opening up. Well, when you look at oil demand as it is right now and supply, I, you just can't mess around with it. You just can't mess around with it. And so my whole point is saying to clients that and to and to you listeners, Performance matters. At the end of the day, we can sit there and talk about stuff. Our job is very simple. It's to make money and it's to help our clients finance their lives, right? It's really that simple. So I'm not making excuses, but when you get into environments like this, especially in turmoil, especially when we're going, we're transforming in my opinion. And I think the evidence is there. You're transitioning to an inflationary environment and this economy hasn't faced that in 40 years. Okay. That is going to create turbulence. And typically Typically, it's going to create you to go exactly the wrong way. That's just the way these mar- when you've got big market breaks or transitions like this, there's a lot of turbulence. There's a lot of friction. There's a lot of violence. And it typically incites you to go exactly the wrong way. And I think that that's what we're dealing with. And I think that there are periods, I don't think, I know, there are periods of time when the fundamental picture is clear enough to where you literally, you got to keep your eyes on the fundamentals and make sure you've got it right, but you've got to ignore performance over the short term. You just have to stick with your guns. And thankfully for us, it's played out the way we thought oil is now bounced back almost to exactly where it was prior to, I think we're at 83 and change or something on WTI. I think it topped out at 85. The oil stocks have recouped markets getting pounded today. The energy stocks are having a really good day. It's, it's, it's coming back and it's kind of proof to what I was saying to the clients. And what I was saying to you guys is guys, it's not fun. I get it. I don't want calls and emails from clients. What's going on? You know, we should, we be worried, but that's the, you can't time these things and, and you just have to be able to ride it out and ride the storm to make the big wins. And you got to know that the market is going to try its best to shake you out of them. And that's where the discipline comes in. That's also where the hedging comes in guys. Sometimes clients question that, but had they, had we not hedged instead of being down 12 or 13% in the value portfolio there in the final two months of the year, we probably would have been down 18 to 20. Right. Talk about a rough ride. That's even worse. So if clients are worried about a short term pullback like that, 12, 13 percent over, you know, a, a two month period of time. You know, how would they have felt? And, and then also, like I said, with hedging, we were right. So it, it cushioned us on that side. So we were able, able then to take those profits from those hedges, those things that made money when energy felt. And we were able to add a little bit more here and there to our favorite energy place. So now that energy is bouncing back, we're actually making more money. That's another part of risk management. There's another perfect illustration, guys, when we talk about risk management. How it's not, if done correctly over time, it's not a, a growth herder. It's a growth enhancer. Right? Because, you know, that, a, a market pullback can actually pay for us to buy more stuff when done correctly. That's, that's risk management in action. Now, I've run over again talking about this stuff, but I just really wanted to illustrate that. Go pull up a chart of oil. Go look at oil. What was it? Two weeks, it dropped 26%. That's, this is normal. If you want to play, play in these spaces and people tell you, I can't make any money on natural resources. Yeah, well, okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I look at some of the wins we've had just this year. And when the valuations get this compelling, um, and we'll tell you if it switches, right? Just because that's what we see today. Right. It's, it's our joke. Strong convictions loosely held in this business. You don't get brownie points for sticking with it. People will try to make it sound like you do. Well, you got to ride it out. That's an excuse for a bad money manager. Now, sometimes you need to ride out periods of underperformance. But if you're down 50 percent in a portfolio, that's not discipline. That's a lack of it. Or it's a lack of knowledge or know how people are like, oh, so you're trying to time the market. No. 
I'm just trying to invest my client's money in a way that 50% drawdowns aren't in the books. Most of them are retired. They shouldn't be in a portfolio that can lose 50%. And when we can do it correctly, like by God's good, good grace, like we've done over the last three years, considering the, you know, the volatility of the marketplace, that risk management strategy has enhanced returns and smoothed out the ride. Guys, that's the advantage. That's the advantage of active management um, when done correctly. And like I said, it's not always I and I've been very open with you guys. I've had bad years. They just haven't been to the downside. Right. 2013, I think the portfolio I was running was up 9%. Market was up 31. That was a brutal year for value. But um, 2014, I think was, if I remember correctly, was a pretty good bounce back year for value, but still, you know, not nearly as good as tech. But anyway, we, everybody's going to have bad years. That, that's also the reason why we use multiple portfolios. Clients go, hey, Zach, I, I love, love your show. I agree with your philosophy. So I just want it all in the value portfolio you run. And I go, I don't. And they go, what do you mean? And I go, well, one of the reasons we've got multiple parts of the portfolio is we've got to protect you from me too, right? I can have a bad year. When I have a bad year, the other parts of the portfolio typically pick it up, right? It was like, uh, what was it? It was like, uh, you know, tw- uh, 2019. Value was only up like nine or 10. Market was up 30. Momentum portfolio was up over 40. Right, it saved my bacon. It bailed us out, smoothed out the returns. We still had a great year for clients. This year, algorithm lagged, momentum or value was up 30 plus. Right? That's the way it's supposed to work. That's the value of diversification. Anyway, as it goes with the rest of the market, guys, I, this is going pretty much according to what we would think. I'm not really surprised by what I'm seeing here. Um, you continue to watch those high-priced tech stocks like we've been telling you. Rates go up, inflation picks up, they're going to get pounded. Now, Here's the one thing, though. If you're trying to short these things, be careful because you're going to get vicious, vicious bear market rallies. If you're truly in a bear market um, and it doesn't look good. I mean, you're, you're seeing just a lot of the all stars of this move. Not some of the biggest ones. You're seeing a day like today where the Nasdaq's trying to hang in there. Um, not some of the biggest stuff, but there's, you know, some of this stuff has been obliterated. Um and the crazy thing is you look at a lot of it and it's still not really cheap. Um, that's a pretty ugly tape today. I'm looking at it. Um, anyway, I, again, though, energy or crude oil is up 2.29%, still rocking and rolling. Um, yeah, I think, guys, I, I, I think that, and again, I think that what you're seeing here is this friction. I really think that, I don't think you're going to see a crash necessarily in a lot of the tech stuff because of the quality of the companies at the top of the NASDAQ index. And the, top, the quality of the company is the top of that. But what you're watching, in my opinion, is a market struggling with transitioning, right? Inflationary assets coming back into play. The, the, all the investor muscle memory is just to keep buying tech on the dips. Um, and I just think you're, you're, you're going to continue to see massive volatility. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Um, anyway, so like we were saying earlier, I've gone over, that's a really long opening segment. I'm gonna have to make the next one really short. Uh, we do have a special interview for you today. You're not going to want to miss it a little bit offbeat. It's not going to be on finance and investing. It's going to correlate, but I think it's going to be something you guys are all going to want to hear. Anyway, stick with us through the break. We'll be right back for another quick segment and then we'll move into hopefully our interview. So, uh, and as always guys, you heard me talking about the value of risk management. You heard me talking about how we do things. Um, you heard me, you've heard me talk about how you got to get bonds out of your portfolio, how you need active management. You need a portfolio that in, you know, in, in 2020 markets crash markets are down 36% in five weeks. You're down six and a half. You finish the year with a 13, 14% gain, right? That's the kind of retirement portfolio you need. That's what risk management and active management can provide. And the bond replacement strategy for crying out loud, getting bonds out of your portfolio. Um, anyway, guys, if that interests you, which it should, right? If you want more upside potential, way less downside risk and pay less in fees. Again, every investor should want that. Give us a call. 866-779-RISK. Again, 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com or capitalmanagement.com. You guys know the drill. Follow me on Twitter at KYR Radio. We will be right back. Stick with us. You're listening to the Know Your Risk podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. This is Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham. Listen to Zach discuss key investment strategies across several asset classes, not just stocks and bonds. Get your free copy of Zach's new booklet, Common Sense Investing. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. 
Faith Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of Know Your Risk Radio. Zach, what's the number one concern with people's investments right now? Without a doubt, Dory, it's inflation, and it's here. With all this money printing and with still 0% interest rates, inflation will very likely rise, and when inflation rises, bonds get smoked. We've been telling people for six years, if you're using bonds in the old-school 60-40 mix as the safe portion of your portfolio, you're taking a serious gamble with your retirement. Well, what should our listeners do? If you're worried about inflation, we believe that you should consider getting out of bonds and get educated with Bulwark's bond replacement strategy. We teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Learn how to protect your portfolio against loss, but still seek to grow your assets. Call Zach now for your free copy of Common Sense Investing, 866-779-RISK, or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement with the firm's license to conduct business. Bulwark Capital is a DBA of Clerk Creek Financial Management, registered investment advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. Okay, so just got to tie this one up. This is only a three-minute segment here. But um, I said this earlier, and I mean it, and I really want to take this three minutes to reiterate it because I think it's a wonderful learning lesson uh, for investors. I want you to go back and look at the market and look at oil and look at the NASDAQ, okay? When we said that we thought it was going to be really volatile to buckle up, because it was going to be a bumpy ride. We were talking right here toward the end of October. Okay. So at the end of October, NASDAQ was at about 15,000. Okay. Uh, by November 8th, NASDAQ's up to 16,000. So nice rally there. Right. Um, let's see. Where'd we finish at that? Uh, let's see here. Jan. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Right around 16,000 is where we ended the year. Um, at the same time, oil, we get it here at the end of October, right about the time that tech was taking off, oil splatted, right? That was when the Omicron stuff came up, right? We got to get back into the lockdown stocks, right? So at that same time that tech's falling off a ta- or tech's accelerating because the Omicron variant gets announced, right? Oil takes 24% header, goes from 85 I think topped out at 85 down to 60, 66.50. I think is where it bought about 65.50. Okay, now look what's happened since. NASDAQ's rolled over again. This is what I'm talking about. This is the struggle, right? One goes, the other, they're battling back and forth. This is the knife fight. But I got to tell you, right now, value and the inflationary sides win in the knife fight. It's not, we can't call it a conclusion yet. And when you look at the backdrop of rising rates, rising inflation, I would be gobsmacked if that didn't continue. The one caveat that I'll throw in the mix of this, right, is that this obviously isn't your grandparents' stock market. And the Federal Reserve can jump in anytime. You could have a government announcement of sorts, all that kind of stuff. But if you want to see what I'm talking about, and if you like, if you agree with me on energy, this is what you need to prepare yourself for. This is what a bull market in commodities looks like, guys. It's going to try to buck you off. This is precisely what I was telling our clients. And right about the time the clients were screaming right there toward the end of December going, what's going on? The market's going up and we're going down. I'm hold it, hold it. Now, all of a sudden, those turns have reversed. Now our value, you know, we're up two and a half, three percent on the year. S&P's down three or four. Right. So you got to ride it. Anyway, we got to run. We'll be right back. Going to take a quick break. Stick with us through the break. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. Do better in bull markets. Do better in bear markets. Pay less fees in all markets. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. You can subscribe to Zach's free newsletter, The Bulwark Insider Report, at knowyourriskradio.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of Know Your Risk Radio. And Zach, I know you and Bulwark are laser-focused on risk management. What is the biggest risk right now? 
ironically, bonds. Really? Why? Because of all this money printing and the fact that we're still at zero interest rates, it's likely to create some serious inflation. And inflation crushes bonds. If your portfolio has a significant portion in bonds, you may need a bond replacement strategy now. Get our free booklet, Common Sense Investing, to learn about Bulwark's bond replacement strategy that shows you how to protect your retirement against loss, but still seek market gains. Our goal is the highest returns with the least amount of risk and cost. Call now for your free copy of Zach's new version of Common Sense Investing. Learn about Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, 866-779-RISK, or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm's license conduct business. Borough Capital's DBA of Clerk Creek Financial Management, registered investment advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. All right, so we should have probably hit on this in the market update. But wanted to do a little update on, uh, on the Kathy Wood Funds arc. Again, I'm not trying to pick on her. I'm really not. Um, I, I, again, it's just, it, just like in the last segment, guys. When I'm laying out what's going on between oil and and the Nasdaq, a I want people to understand. I, I like providing these examples, um, because one of the things that I'm passionate about is I don't think that you need to be a genius to do this. I don't think I'm a genius. As a matter of fact, I know I'm not. I'm not a dumb guy, but I'm not a beautiful mind, right? You're not going to find me in the office writing mathematical algorithms on the window. Now, Marcos, (laughs) now Marcos, uh, that's a different story. Uh, But like I said, he's far better pedigreed than I am. But, But the reason I like to lay these examples out is because all too often in investing, whether you're listening to pundits or even money managers talking their own book, they're only going to tell you about the victories and they're going to try to morph their opinion, right? To be right all the time, right? They, how many times have you seen, you know, somebody in the investment world and again, not trying to pick on anybody, but whether it's Kramer or whether it's Kathy Wood or whoever it is, sit there and say one thing. And then like 60 days, you hear them saying the exact opposite. And, 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 and it's okay to change your mind, but at least acknowledge it, right? How often do you hear that? It's, it happens all the time. And one of the things that I was passionate about when we first started doing it, and I am now, is that I think that the average person knows a lot more about the market and finances and investing than they think they do, right? I think what happens is that people in investing and finance on purpose, right, use a self-aggrandizing language and, and esoteric language for a kind of a, an opaque word there. But what I mean by that is using language, rather than making the focus of the language to convey thought or convey ideas, it's more about making them look good, right? And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to lay the story out so the average person go, oh, well, I get that. Right. And not dress it up with all the language. I've always been a firm believer that the more, you know, or the more familiar you are with the topic, the easier it is for you to explain it to the most layman of layman's. You should be able to explain it to a child and do it in very short order. Right. Um, Complexity is the enemy of progress. I'm a firm believer of that. It's also complexity is also the hallmark of the charlatan and the, and the, and the, you know, spindler or the grifter, right? It's the complexity. If somebody really has a command over a topic, they can break it down to you like you're five years old. And that's why I like to getting back to what I was saying about arc. That's why I use it. I'm not trying to pick on anybody. Everybody can have good years. Everybody can have bad years. When you're getting pounded, when you're up nine, nine or 10% and the market's up 31, it's not fun. You don't wish that on anybody. It makes you question what you do. There've been times in money management where I've come home and looked at my wife and said, maybe I shouldn't be running a portfolio. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I should put the clients in ETFs. Um, thank goodness that we've had results that, that counterbalance that. But I'm just, you know, just being transparent and just telling you, you know, you question yourself. So I, I never want to team up on anybody else that does this job. It's brutally hard. It's brutally hard. But it provides a wonderful example. When you look at, let's go back here 
to May 11th of 20. So February 10th. So, so prior to COVID, right before COVID, uh, ARC was at 58 bucks. Okay. Throughout COVID, it rolled up to 158. Okay. So it basically tripled. All right. And everybody was praising Kathy Wood. Oh, she's a genius. It's the best research. Those people know, you know, they're the, um, and that all could be true. I'm not saying that could be true. What I'm trying to point out to you is a fact. When you see somebody up and just being long stocks, okay, so there's no derivatives, there's no hedging, there's no big options play. It's not like they got some big macro call right. When you see somebody up just net long stocks and you look at the types of stocks they're long, right, the stocks that are the most expensive, the most popular with retail investors, see, and they're up 150% over a one-year or 16-month period of time, just mark it. Just put it down as a lock. They're going to get hit for 60 or 70%. It's almost like a law, 50, or at least 50. Why? Because the same thing that delivered you the 100, all you're doing, right? If you think about it, you're up 150%, you pull back 50%. All you're doing, people are like, well, I'm still up 75. No, this gets back into the math of losses, guys. Okay, so... What was it? Less than a year ago, her fund in the space of 16 months is up 153%, 150%. Okay. Now in the last, let's see, in the last, since February. So in the last 11 months, it is down now today, it's at 78. So it's fallen roughly, not quite, but yeah, we're right around, we're right there, roughly right at 50%. Okay. So now if we go back to where it was, you're at 58, you're now at 78. Her fund is up 40% over the same period of time. The S&P is up like 58, right? That's what happens. That's why we were telling you as interest rates go up, this is ground zero. This is the stuff you don't want to be in. People are like, ride it out. You could do that. I can't tell you that her fund isn't going to go back to, to all time highs. I would be surprised in this environment, right? Like as in the next 12 months, if that happened, um, usually when things like this have happened in the past, that kind of spells the end of a move, especially a drawdown that big 50%, but I'm not going to th- be throwing dirt on this fund. I'm just telling you would risk management have come in handy there. Yes. You're up 150% for crying out loud in the space of, you know, 18 months, take some risk off the table. It's a 50% drawdown. You went from up 150 to now up 40. That, that's the part of just ride with it that I've never personally understood. Right? I mean, if you really loved ARC, you could have done what we did with oil. You could have hedged it, used the profits to buy it on the way down and keep upping your percentage. I, I just, the lack of risk, man, when you consider the environment we're in, when you consider stock valuations, when you consider debt loads, the lack of risk management that people are okay living with in this environment is anathema to me. And if you've been listening to this show for a while and you agree with a lot of what I'm saying and you're still sitting in the old portfolio, guys, call us, call somebody, call some active manager that's it. They, I, you're getting I mean, you, you're getting all the bloody warning signs. And if you're in the typical ETF mutual fund portfolio, guess what you're loaded up in? You have zero, almost zero record low exposure to inflationary assets. You have record low exposure to energy. You have record low exposure to precious metals. You're all loaded up on the stuff that's getting pounded. And as rates go up, guys, it's going to get worse. The only tech companies that I would feel really secure owning. Now, that's not saying we don't own some other ones. Okay. And I'm not saying other ones won't work. But really, over the long run, at these valuations, the only tech companies I really feel comfortable owning are the ones at the top, except Tesla. And that's it. And part of the reason for that is because of the valuations of other things. I think that there's better companies in the tech world than some of the companies we own, but they're valued as if they're the greatest thing that, you know, better than sliced bread. And then we look over the companies we own, they're valued like they're going out of business tomorrow. Right. So my attitude is, is, hey, let's make money on these more boring companies over here. I think they're better positioned and we'll let the profits 
pay for some of those tech stocks we buy on the way down. All to give you a perfect instance, we added PayPal to the portfolio. Haven't made any money on it. We're even. We were up a little bit, and then PayPal's pulled back. Why'd we pull back on PayPal? I've been wanting PayPal for years. It's an unbelievable business. It's just a cash-flowing machine. Very little cost, really high margins. It's hard to see their, their market shrinking. Um, it's just a cash machine of a company. But it was always too expensive. Well, then it pulled back to like the high 30s price to earnings ratio. That's not the only valuation we talk about. But, you know, it, it, the stock pulled back like 40%. We took some of the profits that we made on the energy hedge and bought some PayPal too. It's not that we're saying that those are trash. It's saying we're going to be very selective about which ones we own. And we're going to buy them on weakness when the valuation starts to make sense. It's not, we don't have to be one way or the other. And, and, you know, properly risk managing a portfolio allows you to do these kinds of things. Right? Like think, just think about that. Even if you had the, the arc, let's say you took 25 or half, half of it off the table. You'd have a ton of cash right now to buy back in if you really believe in the strategy. And this also goes to an example of what we've been telling our clients, guys. Again, when you look at the environment, you look at inflation becoming a factor for the first time in 40 years. You look at debt loads. You look at all the things that we talk about. You look at government actions, right? Central bank activity, cryptocurrency. Look at all those. Uh, guys, I, I, don't, I don't know how this resolves itself. I just think the only thing you can count on looking out over the next, I don't know, I would say at least 16 to 24 months would be my guess. I think the only thing you can really count on is massive volatility. I just think the market is going to struggle with this turnover. You've got an economy that is not prepared to deal with inflation whatsoever. Supply chain issues are lingering longer. There's other things that are currently happening that are comp that are worsening supply chain issues. Geopolitical tensions are heating up. Look, all of this stuff could melt away and we could be at new all time highs in three months. The point I'm going to make to you, the question I want to leave in your mind today is this. Is that what you want to bet the rest of your life on, financially speaking, that it's all just going to be okay? Or would you like a portfolio that's going to be okay regardless of what happens, right? A portfolio that if that happens, if it's going to all be okay and we're just going to keep accelerating the upside, great, you'll make more money. You'll make more money the way we're going to allocate you because you don't have bonds dragging your performance down. That's the other thing. People are like, well, we don't need risk managers, Zach. I think market's going to keep going up. Great. Well, you've got 35% of your net worth in bonds. If you're right, do you know what that 35% of your portfolio is going to do? Well, I got to be diversified, Zach. Owning an asset that pays you one-fifth of the inflation rate and that loses money as interest rates go up, that's not diversification. That's getting in line to be punched in the face. That's what that is. That's called being a sadist. Or actually a masochist. I mean, that's just, that's just, hey, hit me again and put some stank on it. Um, I, there's a better way, guys. There's a much better way. And I, again, if you look at the markets, I think you're getting a microcosm of what it's going to be like, right? Go look at the NASDAQ. Go, go, just go look at them. Go look at them over the last, let's see, we'll go look at the one year here. I mean, you know, you go back to November 8th, it's been a, you've got three months of, of the NASDAQ. Well, it's going down, but you're basically back on the NASDAQ to where we were in August of last year, right? Oil's reaccelerated to the high NASDAQ's fall. You just, it's, you're going to have this struggle as the market deals with this massive transformation, this massive transition. And like I said, I think the pernicious part of this is that this transition couldn't be happening at a worse time because of the length of this move, right? Everybody is loaded up on the stuff that does the worst in an inflationary environment, and they've got virtually none of the stuff that does well. Rectify that situation, guys, and it's not just us. Go back and look at market returns during the 70s. Okay, for 13 years, you had negative, you had negative stock market and massively declining bonds. If you went through another period of time like the 70s in your portfolio you currently have now, you're smoked. You're done. 10 years after you retire, you're done. You're out of money. There's a better way to do this. There's a much better way. And I think 
that that ability, that active management and that risk management, when you see moves like that, where markets up, down, up, down, the only way you make money in a market like that is through risk management, right? Because again, we hedge the portfolio and when it works well, not saying it works like this every time, it doesn't, nobody's perfect. But when you hedge it correctly, market falls a little bit, right? You make some money on the hedges, you buy some of the stuff that's beat up. They, and I think that those defensive aspects, that ability to actively manage, I think that's going to be the number one, the number one, if, if, if we are successful, which I sincerely hope, and I think we will be over the next three to five years, I think it's that defensive capability of our portfolio that will be as big of a reason for that success as the individual stocks we pick. Because that's what you're dealing with. If you, if you want to, like, I look at that, look at the NASDAQ right there and go back again, use the 70s as an example. You'll see the same type of action. The similarities at this point are really striking. Does it mean it's going to play out exactly the same way? No, but it's something we should probably look at, right? It's kind of like valuations. Valuations get crazy like they are right now. Does that mean the market's about ready to crash? No, but it does mean that we should be att- paying attention to that. We should know. That when we're traveling at these speeds, any type of issue or any type of collision could be really nasty, right? Due to the speed or the valuation. And, you know, when that stuff starts hitting the fan, which let's face it, at some point it's inevitable, uh, you, you better have a defensive strategy in place or you get hurt. So anyway, got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're working on the interview right now. We've got a technical difficulty, so hopefully we can get them on. If we can't, we'll have them back next week, so don't worry because it's something I really want to hear. Regardless, I want you guys to hear. Regardless, stick with us through the break. As always, guys, if what I'm saying to you resonates, if you know your bonds are going to get slaughtered, you just haven't moved, maybe it's deer in the headlights. Maybe, maybe, it, maybe it's kind of one of those things, devil you know is better than devil you don't. You don't know if we're... Well, two things. A... Call us. It's not an arm twist of a thing, right? We're not going to hard sell you. We don't. We actually have a rule. We do not allow our guys to sign up clients after the first meeting or the first call. Do you know why? Because oftentimes it's an emotional decision with the clients. And we don't want to start our relationship off that way. There is no arm twisting. Okay. The other thing you can go do is if you want to know if we know what we're talking about, go back and listen to previous shows. Go back and listen to the shows we did on March 1st of 2019 about Boeing. Go listen to the shows we did last October about energy and value. Go listen to the shows we did in January and February leading into COVID. I mean, that's kind of the upside to listen to a guy on the radio. You can go back through his podcast and tell really quick if the guy knows what he's talking about or whether he's just being a CNBC guy that's trying to make himself sound like he never is wrong. Right? Nice thing about radio, you got a record there that I can't hide from. So anyway, got to take a quick break. We'll be right back to wrap things up. Stick with us. You're listening to the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. This is Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham. Listen to Zach uncover the truth about the financial markets with simple and honest advice to help you plan for retirement. Get your free copy of Zach's new booklet, Common Sense Investing. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of Know Your Risk Radio. And Zach, I know you and Bulwark are laser-focused on risk management. What is the biggest risk right now? Ironically, bonds. Really? Why? Because of all this money printing and the fact that we're still at zero interest rates, it's likely to create some serious inflation. And inflation crushes bonds. If your portfolio has a significant portion in bonds, you may need a bond replacement strategy now. Get our free booklet, Common Sense Investing, to learn about Bulwark's bond replacement strategy that shows you how to protect your retirement against loss, but still seek market gains. Our goal is the highest returns with the least amount of risk and cost. Call now for your free copy of Zach's new version of Common Sense Investing. Learn about Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, 866-779-RISK, or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm is licensed to conduct business. Bulwark Capital's DBA of Clerk Creek Financial Management, registered investment advisor. What does outside-the-box investing really look like? Schedule your free risk review with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management, and see a side-by-side comparison of your current portfolio versus one Zach would recommend. Schedule your free risk review at knowyourriskradio.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of Know Your Risk Radio. 
Zach, what's the number one concern with people's investments right now? Without a doubt, Dory, it's inflation, and it's here. With all this money printing and with still 0% interest rates, inflation will very likely rise, and when inflation rises, bonds get smoked. We've been telling people for six years, if you're using bonds in the old-school 60-40 mix as the safe portion of your portfolio, you're taking a serious gamble with your retirement. Well, what should our listeners do? If you're worried about inflation, we believe that you should consider getting out of bonds and get educated with Bulwark's bond replacement strategy. We teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Learn how to protect your portfolio against loss, but still seek to grow your assets. Call Zach now for your free copy of Common Sense Investing, 866-779-RISK, or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement with the firm's license to conduct business. Board Capital is a DBA of Clerk Creek Financial Management, registered investment advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. All right. Gonna gonna move to an oldie but a goodie. The Federal Reserve. Our good friends, the Federal Reserve. So, <clears throat> I haven't gone on a good Federal Reserve rant in a long time. And again, I, you know, the, this... This radio show has been sort of a, dev- or a devolving. <laughs> maybe maybe it's been a devolving relationship. I'd like to think of it as an uh, evolving relationship with, with our listener base. And, and so, um, you know, if you ever hear me talking about something where you're like, I don't know what he's talking about. Give me time because I like to, you know, with the new markets that we're in, Portland and Phoenix and the growth of the podcast and all that kind of stuff. Uh, want to revisit it again. Well, the primary mission of this podcast was to arm the novice with enough umfor- information, enough enough of the real data uh, and inside scoop so they know what's going on, right? So the Federal Reserve is the bank that sets the rates, interest rates, which when you think about interest rates, it's the cost of money, right? And the Federal Reserve has the unique ability to create money out of thin air. They can literally just push a button. If you, if you want to hear Ben Bernanke, who was the head of the Fed during the financial crisis, if you want to hear him talk about this, you can get on YouTube and just pull up Ben Bernanke 60 Minutes. Um, he explains it, it, and it really is that simple. Um, and with that money, they can take that money and go buy things. Right? They can buy U.S. government bonds. And what that does is the higher the demand is for bonds, the less interest those bonds pay. Um, so that's kind of their way of forcing down rates to make it cheaper to roll debt, to finance things. Well, the Fed, the, the main thing that the Fed, when, when they started, so now the Fed has basically become the watchdog for the market, okay? There are people that will disagree. Um, I, I find it amazing that people still disagree with this because the track record is so clear. After the During the financial crisis, something changed. It had been moving that direction. But the Fed started to believe, in my opinion, and I think their, their actions bear this out, the Fed started to believe that they are in charge of a, an economy that needs to always be growing and a market that always needs to be going up. Well, that's ludicrous if you think about it. And, and quite honestly, I think the market, the way that the Fed has you know, stick-saved the market so many times over the last 13 years. I mean, they, over the last 13 years, there were so many situations that had they not taken extraordinary activity would have resulted in another recession, probably a fairly serious one. Although it doesn't sound fun, and recessions aren't, I think it's amazing that, that, that the Fed has injected more printed money and put their finger on the scale more so than ever before and, and generated the greatest bull market, both in size and length of all time, right? Basically defying gravity, printing our way to prosperity. And at the same time, you have the biggest level of cultural, you know, division, if you will. And, and I think that those two are interrelated, right? Call me crazy, but if, but if I remove any real value from capital, from money, and make it fungible, meaning we just create out of thin air. Here's, you know, it's like an Oprah, right? Here's a car, there's a car, there's a car, right? Everybody gets some. It's not surprising to me that in that backdrop, especially with the backdrop of massive corporate bailouts and all the inequity that that's led to, it doesn't surprise, it doesn't surprise me at all that you have a societal and cultural breakdown and a division as big as we have. 
Right? Money, whether we want to admit it or not, it's the root of all evil. It's also the core of everything we do. You know, you think about what the American dream is. The American dream primarily was economic. Well, you go there to be free. Yeah, but for, free for what? Free to pursue your dreams. Right? Free to, to work hard and guarantee that your children have a better life than you do. Now, that's what the American, but it's economic. And now the Federal Reserve is getting freaked out by the inflation, right? The corner they've painted themselves in. And just think about it, guys. It's just basic flaw. If you keep treating every single problem with the same solution, eventually you're going to run into problems, A, that can't be treated with that solution, or B, the system itself becomes anesthetized or worn down or immune to the impact, right? It's like giving people too many antibiotics. And that's why we said they're going to paint themselves into a corner when they finally engender the inflation thereafter, supposedly, they're not going to be able to get themselves out of it. And you're the, the, the audibly speaking, the Federal Reserve is trying as hard as they can to broadcast. We're going to raise rates. Inflation prints are freaking them out. Remember, I was telling you, it's not going to be transitory. Certain parts of it would be. But it, this is going to this is going to be a longer run thing. You've heard you haven't heard them use the word transitory. They're getting freaked out. This is this is yet another reason, guys, why you've got to migrate away from the nonsense and you got to own real stuff and you need you need active management. You can't you're not going to be able to roll through this market just in mutual funds and ETFs. Not if you want good results, not if you want to make sure you don't take a 50 percent smack on the face. And I'm not predicting a market crash. I'm just telling you. When you look at the section of the market that is the most overheated, what everybody's in, if the Fed is raising rates, which they say they are, get out of Dodge. It's like that movie, get out. It's, it, it's too many times, guys. And if your guy isn't talking to you this, if this is resonating with you, if you realize rates are going up and your bonds are going to get killed, if you realize that you need to make sure that the pile of money that's going to finance the rest of your life is immune from a catastrophic loss, hello. If you want better upside, far less downside and less fees, call us guys. There's a better way. Just pick up take the three minutes it takes to invest in the rest of your life. If you don't like what we have to say, you don't like the numbers, go somewhere else. But just educate yourselves. Give us a call, 866-779-RISK and 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com, boracapitalmanagement.com. You guys know the drill. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. That interview is going to be on next week. You won't want to miss it. We weren't able to figure it out. Technical difficulties, but we'll see you next week with the interview. You're listening to the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. Thanks for listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. Whether it's preservation of capital or an aggressive growth strategy, every investor needs a clearly defined risk profile. Schedule your free risk review with Zach Abraham now at knowyourriskradio.com. Zach will be back with more Know Your Risk Radio next Saturday at noon on 97.3 Cairo FM and AM 770 KTTH. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.